So my, my desire is that faith will activate within your heart once again. Amen. Hallelujah. That faith will arise in your hearts once again. And for those that were here on Wednesday night, amen, I started talking about the fact that uh, concerning faith, that faith is a seed that's planted in each and every heart once you believe on the name of the Lord. Amen. It's a seed that's planted in your heart. And we saw Wednesday night that that seed of faith is expected to increase and grow in your life. Amen. And we talked about the fact that it will not grow, it will not increase if you're not daily meditating on the Word of God. Because we saw that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Amen. So for faith to be activated or for the seed of faith to grow in your life, you have to be in a position that you're daily meditating on the word of God. Because the Bible says that man should not live on bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We gave you all these scriptures on Wednesday night. Amen. So I encourage you, if you were not here, go online and catch up where we are. Because if you'll take a hold, I believe I'm not just coming with a good word and a faith teaching, I'm coming with, as I said, impartation so that your whole year can be adjusted and sh make a shift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we talked about the fact on Wednesday night that faith can be, uh, God uh, tells us and the word of God says that we need to test ourselves and see if we're really in faith if we're really in faith and I've said this that many people hallelujah whoo you know this morning I didn't feel not one drop of anointing but it's all over me right now hallelujah so let me try to get it out hallelujah so faith we are to test and see if we are really in faith because we saw that many are coming and saying, I believe in God. I have faith in God, but we're not seeing them actually have the God kind of faith, which Mark eleven twenty three says we can have. Amen. Plenty of people say, yeah, I have faith in God. But they don't walk that faith out every day. We saw in James that he says that we have to be not just hearers of the word, right? I'm just piggybacking off of the Wednesday night pastor ministered on that. Ears to receive, right? Ears to hear. So we know that uh, we have to allow the word of God to be planted in our hearts and meditate on the word outside of the word of God, you will not operate in faith because faith only comes from the word of God. Proverbs, we saw that we were to meditate, that we are to commit our way to the word, right? We talked, uh, Proverbs four, I believe it was. So we talked about that and we talked about James that James said, don't be a hearer only deceiving yourself. There's many Christians that say I have faith in God, but they're deceiving themselves because they are not actually doing the word of God. Right? Don't deceive yourself. Amen. That's what a pastor is here to help keep you from being tossed to and fro and to be in deception. Amen. Don't deceive yourself that you're in faith when you're not in the, the, the faith that God says in his word of God. Amen. So faith has to be acted upon. We're not to be hearers only, but doers of the word that you're hearing. And that comes through us where we talked about in Ro uh, Hebrews uh, in Wednesday night that uh, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. We're expected to live by this faith, not just say we have faith in God. That's two different things to say I have faith in God, but then to operate in the God kind of faith. It's two different things. 
And too many believers are saying, oh yeah, I believe God, I have faith in God, but they don't believe they have the God kind of faith. And actually, religion and denominations teaches you that you can never have the God kind of faith. Who do you think you are acting like you can have the kind of faith that God has? I've heard people say that to me. I said, well, I believe that I'm a believer that reads the word of God in Mark 11:23. when you look it up in the Greek, says that I can have the God kind of faith. And I'm expected to have the God kind of faith. And actually, he tells me that it's only faith that pleases him. Faith that pleases him. So do we want to be pleasing to God? If we want to be pleasing to God, then we have to allow faith to come alive on the inside and keep it activated. Because plenty of people have a seed, but that seed is not being nourished, watered by the word. Come on. Uh, it's, not, it's dead and it can die. Seeds can die. They can shrivel up and never produce what God intended for that to produce in your life. If you don't keep it watered and nourished and stirred up and keep the right nutrients on it, that means, come on, staying in the word of God, being connected with a pastor that's bringing the word of impartation to your life of what you need as he feeds the flock. And we said this Wednesday night, there's so many believers that I have come across now in my 27 years and 15 pastoring now, full-time, starting our own, that don't even pick up the word and read it for themselves every day. Do you know your life of faith depends upon it? It depends upon you reading the word for yourself every day. And we're finding a society that thinks just because they hear a three-minute clip on Facebook of their famous TV preacher that they're feeding their spirit. That was never meant to be your main meal and the main course. Your main course was to be you in the Word with the Lord. The vegetables were meant to be the pastor. Because not everybody likes vegetables, do they? Some people like broccoli, some people don't. Some people hate cauliflower, right? But he's here to feed you all of it. Not the candy that's gonna bring no substance and burn up, cause sugar just burns up. Has no, no nutritional value for your life. But I could listen to a mini that would feed me lots of sugar because it would be what I wanted to hear instead of what the Holy Spirit needed me to hear. So all these things were just to be supplements. Reading an extra book on things of God was there to be a supplement. It was there to be a vitamin. It was there to be, you know, something else. Not your main meal and your main course. So the greatest thing as a believer that you can ever be is get in the word for yourself. Come on and feed your spirit, man. Learn how to feed yourself. Don't expect everybody to feed you. You're not a baby anymore. Babies just put it in my mouth. And then what do babies do when you put it in their mouth? Spit it out. Learn to feed yourself, put it in your own mouth, and the second source of your feeding then should come from your pastor, who is the overseer of your soul. And then all the other things can be Supplements, because it's only your pastor that is going to be able to help you keep, keep you from being deceived. Because there are false teachings and there are, are false prophets and many more in these last days. Amen. 
So it's very important that we said, if we're gonna be people that are full of faith and staying in uh, faith, then we're gonna have to make sure that we don't go another day without daily reading the word ourselves. Say, I'm gonna read the word for myself every day. Why do you think, Pastor says, every year we go from Genesis to Revelations. If you're a believer and call yourself a Christian and you can't say that you've ever read the book from Genesis to Revelations, what are you doing? You're playing a game, a religious game. I'm telling you, it is a necessity for your life. And outside of it, you will never, ever be who God created you to be. Because this is, was left for us to behold as we saw this mirror and find out what we are to look at. And if you're not looking at it every day, if you're looking in the mirror of Facebook, social media, Instagram, and everybody else's wonderful lives, I'm gonna tell you, it's a false reality. It's a false reality. Many of people that look like they had it all together on Instagram have killed themselves. All with a smile on their selfie. It's a false reality. And so, with all the news and all the media and all the things that are happening in the world and all the things that can distract us, the number one thing that we're finding in believers' lives as we are having to counsel people, and they're not taking a daily intake of the Word of God. And statistically, they say, when they did statistics, they're only Christians, as in this statistic that they did, are only reading the word 15 minutes a day, but are on their phones at least four hours a week. Will never overcome. Never overcome. If we are not feeding our spirit as much as you're letting all kinds of other things entertain you, deceive you, and get you off. And fill your, and flood your mind and soul realm. And flood your heart. I'm telling you that we need to be people of the word of God. That hunger for it. For our daily bread. And I've said this in the past, even in my some of my students can testify that if you're struggling with reading the word of God every day, read the book of Psalms 119, the largest Psalms in the book, Bible, right? Read it because Psalms 119 will stir up a love for the word of God in your heart. You know, there's been times throughout 27 years of following God every day of my life, there's been times that it seemed like when I would just open the word, it seemed like it wasn't speaking to me and it was dry. How many of you have ever experienced that? What did I do? I went to the book of Psalms and I'd start reading Psalms 119 and stir myself up with how wonderful the word is to my life. And then it would stir that passion back up and that desire every day. And maybe I didn't read any other scripture, but one, Psalms 119. Amen. Amen. You go through those times and those seasons, but you cannot go without it. Amen. It's a necessity for every believer. Amen. Amen. It's your life source. It's your nourishment. It's everything to you. So we talked about uh, Wednesday night, once you get born again, we've all been given what? A measure of faith, a measure of faith. And that faith is supposed to, we're supposed to go from what? Faith to faith. It's supposed to increase in your life. You shouldn't be in the same place this year as a believer if you've been serving the Lord 20 years. You should not be at the same place with your faith in Christ as you were 20 years ago. You should be growing in the things of God. You should be growing in your faith. Your capacity should be enlarging. And so we saw the scriptures concerning that, that he expects our faith to increase and to grow, amen, and to enlarge. Also, that word where he expects it to increase means to be added to. 
Your faith should be added to. It should, you should be, you know, adding to your faith every day. It's not just, I got born again and had faith to get saved so that when I die one day, I go to heaven. No, it's faith imparted in you so that you can actually live every day as Christ expected you to live. Overcoming, full of victory, come on, full of power, full of the anointing, not just because I'm up here today preaching this way. No, it took 27 years to get the spirit of faith on the inside of me. Every day, loving, serving God, not quitting, not drawing back, not shrinking back. Come on. Not giving up, not wanting to quit. To be all that God desires for you to be. It was not my dream or ever my passion to be here standing before you fine folks preaching the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. You know, my plan for my life was just that I would find somebody that would love me. And my son that I had at 16 years old that would love me, that would care for me, that would give me a family life with stability, with a white picket fence and a house. You know, the perfect family scenario because I didn't have it growing up. But God, hallelujah, had a greater plan on the inside. And guess how that greater plan began to come out because I took every day and just loved the Lord. Serve the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. So every one of us has, as Pastor said, seeds of greatness on the inside. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the faith of God that has been implanted in our lives? The seed that can produce forever. Forever. What are you doing with it? Because it was never meant for you to just go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And never pick up your Bible during the week. Never walk out a life of faith. It wasn't meant for that. It was meant to be everything that pertains, as the Bible says, to life and godliness. So that means I don't go to my account for it to dictate whether I should give to God or not. No, I ask the Lord. He and his word is first place in my life. I don't go to Dr. Phil and ask him how I should raise my children. No, I go to the word of God and see and ask God, how do you want me to do this? I don't go to, you know, whoever to get what I need to take care of what I'm doing in whatever circumstance or situation. No, I go to the Lord and the Lord alone. He's first place in my heart. So that means we, we said this Wednesday, if you don't have the word in your heart, you've got nowhere to go. And, and, and God never intended for believers to be void of his word in, in their heart so that at any moment the Holy Spirit could bring up that word and say, yeah, you just got laid off, but guess what? You're a tither. You're a giver. Come on. You have money invested in the kingdom of God. And I shall supply all of your need. Right? Or you just got a doctor's report. Something in your body. Doesn't scare me. I know what the report of the Lord is. That by his stripes, he took on his stripes on my back for healing to manifest in my body. Right? But if you don't have that word in you, then he can't bring those scriptures up to you to stand upon. Because we said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you step out, uh, what are you stepping on? You're stepping on faith. 
What is that faith based upon? The Word of God. So when I step out, I'm stepping on the Word. When everything else, come on, is shaky, he said, we're of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He said, heaven and earth are going to pass a word, but my word will remain. The surest foundation of your life should be the Word of God so that you become immovable, that nothing can move you off your faith. I said this Wednesday night, can people talk you out of what you believe? Nobody can talk me out of what I believe. Nobody's doubt, unbelief can affect my belief because I know whom I am. I know whom I serve. I know the word of God that's been planted in my heart. I know what God has personally done in my life and how he's led me. Come on, I look like Sarah that looks back, come on, on the faithfulness of God. Because faith is a firm persuasion. It's a firm persuasion. Are you firmly persuaded, fully convicted that his word cannot fail in your life and in your circumstance? Firmly persuaded. Let's ask ourselves, are we truly in faith what if, with whatever it is in our lives that we're going through? Are we in faith about it? Or are we just going through the motions and no, I have faith in God? Are you, is your faith activated? Is it activated? Because I know what the word says. I activate faith, right? So I want to talk today about nine characteristics of active faith. Active faith. I said this before. I will not and would not and ever go to a church that didn't keep my faith activated. That didn't stir up in my heart a position to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, right? I wouldn't go to a place that just wants to come to church and you can see they're doing nothing else for the kingdom of God. Because you won't be able to keep your faith alive if you're not having something that you can keep your faith on. So what are we keeping our faith on? Well, one thing that you ought to be, and not just Pastor and I and our staff, you ought to be activating your personal faith, your faith for the possession of this mall. Because if this is what you call your house, this is where you're getting fed, right? The spirit is being fed and you're getting impartation. You're getting the word of God. Then you have a personal responsibility to keep your faith alive every time you come on, drive on this property. My husband wasn't here today, and so we, you know, he's driving in out Valdosta and speaking there, and I drove on the parking lot. But do you know what? As, as he said, every morning we drive on the parking lot. Every time we come, we call this Anchor Faith Church 2121 US 1 South is going to belong to the Anchor Faith Church, right? And uh, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. But if we didn't keep our faith activated on this property, come on. It would sit. So every day we have to take the responsibility to activate our faith for this mall. And you have a responsibility. I want to see a show of hands when you drove on the property this morning. Be right, be real, because don't lie before the Lord. That you spoke out. Father, I thank you that this, that Pastor Earl, Anchor Faith Church, this church, that this mall belongs to them. See? You're a participant of this. I didn't say this in first service because God knows who's here second. You're a participant in what's going on. Takes every one of us to bring a supply. Every one of us to bring a supply. Amen. To accomplish. And just think if everybody's faith was activated on this mall. And do you know how I know faith could be activated on this mall? It's not just in speaking. It's in giving. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God, but also faith, come on, uh, has, you have to be a doer of the Word that you're hearing. Yes. 
So there's action behind your faith in everything. In everything. I said, have said for years, whatever season of life you're in, wherever you're at, whatever your venue of, of job or wherever you're at, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you'll, this is where I learned how to activate my faith. Wherever you are at, activate your faith. Activate it. Amen. Expect it to work because you're actually standing and speaking and staying on the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to, I'm going to read two scriptures. I only got through four uh, characteristics in first service. So we'll see what happens this service. But there's nine just that I know that I'm ministering on. There could be many more, but this is what the Lord gave me. Uh, to share with you guys to keep your faith active. Nine characteristics of active faith. Amen. And Hebrews, I'm going to give you the main two scriptures and then we'll go on into some other things. It says Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. We are not to be like Thomas. If you say you're a believer, then you're to have faith like God, uh, Abraham, not like Thomas who had doubting faith. Thomas didn't want to do anything until he could see it, feel it, and touch it. And how many believers are there? Oh, I'm not going to do that unless God gives me, uh, you know, this perfect plan. Or I'm not going to do that unless we have it all there. Or I'm not going to do that unless I feel good about it. That's Thomas' faith. That is not the faith of God. Amen. The faith of God is like Abraham. God, what did you tell me to do? You told me to leave my land and go to another earth that I don't know of. I don't even know where I'm supposed to go, but you said it, therefore I will do it. Right? That's the Abraham kind of faith. That's, he's our father, so guess what? That's the kind of faith we're to operate in. Abraham's the father of us all, right? So we are to operate in faith like Abraham did. You, God, you asked me to, to bring my child on and, and lay it on a, as a sacrifice before you. And man, I mean, as a parent and the promise that you gave me, I mean, this is hard, Lord. But what did he do? He obeyed by faith. And what did God do? He provided when Abraham went to step out, Jehovah Jireh showed up. The first time we see Jehovah Jireh in scripture, my provider, he showed up when Abraham stepped out by faith. He's the father of us all. Amen. Hallelujah. So that is the type of faith we want to see because it's really the only faith that's pleasing to God. Let's look here. It says, for by the elders obtained a good testimony, verse three, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which weren't seen were not made of the things which are visible. Amen. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Do you have that testimony? Will you have that testimony before you see the Lord? That he's pleased with you. That he's pleased with you and your faith in him. It says for, but without faith, it what? It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, key point, Believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe that he is God? Yes. Do you believe he's the only God and the only way? Yes. Or can come out, somebody uh, try to tempt you with Buddha and Muhammad and some other type of God? 
As we, I just got a message. I thought it was interesting from uh, India, from Pastor Gary. He just said this last night as I was meditating on all of this, and he said, he said, I just found out that we were wrong about how many gods Hindi Hindu people serve. There is over 33 million gods for the Hindu religion. So he divided how many people are in the nation of India or the country. And he said that would equal to at least 51 gods for every person. Do you believe he's the only God? Can someone talk you out of it? Can somebody talk you into coexisting with all of them? I don't coexist with any of them. You know, these are the new languages today. See, but people are confused. Just like these people in India. No wonder they're so confused and they can't follow the rules and how to drive. Because they think the lines on the road is a God. So they don't want to run over it. Come on. Seriously, there's so much confusion in that nation and that's why. So how much confusion is in your life and why? So James chapter 2, this is our other key text. So we must believe that he is, uh, before I just said that, because this is going to be another point, and that he's a rewarder. That means that he's going to pay out. When you look that rewarder word up in the Greek, that means he's going to pay out. Do you believe that God is paying out? by your faith in the earth because we said this on Wednesday faith is a seed but it's also the currency of the kingdom of God faith is the exchange faith is what brings come on the unseen into the seen and if we're not keeping our faith alive and our faith active then guess what ain't nothing gonna be getting done in your life can I say that southern it's my southern coming out there isn't anything that's going to be produced in your life. Hallelujah. So James chapter 2, let's read this, verse 14 through 26. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it in your what? Actions. Activated faith. Keeping your faith active and alive. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has uh, no food or clothing and you say goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or any clothing. What good does that do? See, you see faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds. Say good deeds. It is dead and useless. If you are not producing for the kingdom of God, then your faith is useless and dead. We read on Wednesday night that in Hebrews, it talked about the children of Israel. They heard the word, but what did they not do? They didn't mix it with faith, and it what? Didn't profit them anything. It was useless. Another scripture that verifies that. If you do not... Activate what you're hearing and activate your faith and actually not just be a hearer of the word and a doer. Listen, you will not produce anything for the kingdom of God. And as your pastors, we don't want you deceived thinking, come on, that just because you had faith to believe and had the seed of faith planted in your heart, that one day when you die, you go to heaven, you will. And when you stand before the Lord, he's going to say, what wasted potential. These are all the things and all the rewards and all everything that I had for you to do in the earth. And you didn't activate your faith. But what's sad is, is that, you know, I'm not a person that believes once you're saved, you're always saved. 
I believe that your seed can dry up and become barren and never produce. And I believe that you could shrink back from your faith and do as the scripture said, fall away from your faith. And the Bible says that he has no pleasure in those that shrink back. Amen. Bet y'all talk to Pastor Earl about that doctrine. Don't come to me. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, what scripture was I on? Are y'all paying attention? Are y'all leaning in as we talked about Wednesday night? What was the scripture we're on? James 2, what verse? Okay, some say 14, some say 18, so I'm going to go to 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. It's unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. I think that's where we were. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by good deeds. And it says, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar you see his faith and his actions what did they do work together his faith and his actions worked together he couldn't just stand there and say oh lord you really asking me to crucify or to sacrifice Isaac and say i'm just going to wait till you provide that answer no he literally put picked the knife up and by faith, it said he was going to believe that even God could raise him from the dead. But it wasn't until he picked the knife up that provision was there. So many of us think we have faith and, and, and we're getting ready, you know, and you won't even step out because it's uncomfortable, because you can't see. It's useless until you act upon it. Come on. That's what he said. You have to have action working together with your faith. His actions made his faith complete, this translation said. His actions made his faith complete. Amen. So how many people are, are, are walking around with incomplete lives? Because they're not activating faith in every area of their life. Or in the things that God's speaking to them about. It's incomplete. Because they're not actually doing what God is speaking to them to do. Amen. And so it said, it happened just as the scripture said, Abraham believed God and counted him as righteous because of his faith. And he was even called the friend of God. Amen. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Love this. Love this. Many people talking the talk, but they're doing nothing. We don't get involved with people that talk the talk. We get involved with people that are doing something. Plenty of people talk the talk, but many, come on. So it says, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was sown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. You know, as I was sitting there in worship, the Lord uh, speaking of faith being dead and not activated, the Lord showed me a picture of what I'm doing today. I'm getting ready to resuscitate and give you a cardio. What, what are those things? What are, what are those things with the energy that you rub together and put on people? Some faith is dying. Defibrillator. 
And the Lord showed me a picture. That's why I said, if you'll grab hold of this and activate your faith and turn the switch back on, come on, then some things can be resuscitated and change your year and your outcome. But if you sit there and continue to hear and not act upon the words that you're hearing and not do anything with your faith and get out into the unknown, come on, sink or swim. So I'm here to give you that shock in your system that there's people that are on the verge of some dead faith and not keeping it active and keeping it alive. And now is not the time, now is not the hour because the best is still yet to come. That we should be walking in the fullness of what God has destined for us. Come on. And it's gonna take us walking it out every day by faith in God. By faith. Hallelujah. So the first thing, the first characteristic is that we have to know is that we have to believe who he is. That he is the only true and living God. That he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, come on, and Jacob. He is the, the father of us all. He is the creator of the universe. And above him, there is no other. There is no other God that can stand before him, against him. They all have to bow to the knee of God the Father. Amen. So to keep your faith active, to keep yourself in a position that you are firmly persuaded, that's what faith is, a firm persuasion, a confident expectation. Are you expecting every day for God to do something in your life? But not just God do it because you've activated your faith do it. Because you've put your hand to it. You've put your faith to it. You've done what it is that God has said for you to do. So you can expect God to pay out. To pay out. Hallelujah. Are you assured? Is it your reality? Is it your conviction? Is it your confidence? This is what faith is. I'm confident. Confident that God cannot fail me. I'm confident. And it's not a hoping and a dreaming and a wishing. No, it's a confident expectation. Why? Because I look back on the faithfulness of God. Just as Sarah did. Just as Abraham does, right? This is the faith we're to have. So we have to have faith and believe that he is the creator of heaven and earth. Listen, I have to say this. He is God. Come on. And there is no other. He is holy. Do you believe he's holy? Do you think that un people that are walking around as Christians, drinking, whoring around, come on, are going to be allowed in the kingdom of God? No, he kicked rebellion out and disobedience out. It's not going to enter back in. Even under grace. No, it's the righteous. Those that are living right before the Lord. And the word tells you how to live right. The word tells you how to live right. Come on. The word tells you how to live right. And you have the Holy Spirit on the inside. He is holy. And so he's going to sanctify you and lead you into holiness and to truth. So you'll live a clean, pure life before him. But outside of the word and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, it's not going to work. Right? So we see a lot of messed up believers. So he is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's your defense? Do you believe he's your righteousness? Come on. Do you believe he's your healer? This is what God said he is to us that believe. Do you believe he's your victory? That you cannot be defeated and you will not quit because the victor's on the inside. The greater one is on the inside. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Do you believe he's your provider? Uh-oh. That means you're going to tithe if you believe it. That he has control of every dime that comes in your hand. 
Hallelujah. Every dime, not just your paycheck. I'm going to tithe off the paycheck. I was given $400 just the other day. Somebody walked up, gave me $400. Last few months ago, somebody walked up and gave me $4,000. But it didn't come just because I'm in this position. No, it came from years of putting seed in the ground. It came for years of being committed that I'm going to pay my tithe before I bought formula for my baby. And then I'm going to give. Come on. Right? No, because you're going to reap what you And he's going to get seed to the He ain't obligated to get seed to you if you're not going to sow it and you're going to eat up the seed. Not obligated. Because he knows you'll eat it up. But he'll get seed to the sower. He'll get it to you. Amen. So he'll be your provider when you trust him with everything. He says, is he your rock? Is he your shield? He is your strength. Is he your strong tower? Is he your help in time of trouble? Or do you go to everybody else when you're having troubles? Light, doom, despair, and agony on me. Yeah, I'm old enough to know about, what is that? Uh, uh, Hee-haw. Doom, despair, and agony on me. Poor thing. Or do you trust him and him alone? That he can deliver you out of all your troubles? You don't have to tell nobody about your troubles. You can just tell the Lord. I was in trouble when I couldn't buy formula for my baby. Didn't tell a soul. But I cried out. Praying in the Holy Ghost, my bro- my my brother, my husband, he is my brother and my husband. Not literally by blood, brother. Come on now. He's my brother in Christ. He was my brother before my husband. Anywho, y'all made me forget what I was gonna say. What's that? Formula. So Didn't know, didn't tell anybody. You know, back then I didn't want anybody to know that I couldn't even, I mean, that was pride. I was in pride. Just tell it like it is. I didn't want nobody that that would know that I couldn't buy formula for my baby. So, I was going to say, my husband, my brother, he was a good old Southern Baptist boy before he got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. But he didn't know I had went to a church of God and got a little Holy Ghost and fire on my life and spoke in tongues. And so here it is. We're in South Carolina called to, you know, he says we're, he's called to ministry. Still hadn't heard him preach not a one time. And he says he's called to ministry. You know, and I told him that I didn't marry no preacher before that. You know, y'all have heard the story. I didn't marry a preacher. You married the wrong person. I just wanted you to have a full-time job, nine to five, get me a house and put a white picket fence around it and just love me. That was my plan for my life. And then he comes home and tells me he had a vision and saw himself preaching before thousands of people. And I said, well, that vision's good for you, but I wasn't in that vision. I mean, don't you know? I've been married, divorced, teenage pregnancy. I'm not no pastor, no preacher's wife. I don't qualify. I don't play the piano. (laughs) Even though I just told my husband, I sure wish my mom would have made me do those piano lessons. She tried, but I rebelled. And if I could have had that piano going today, whoo, what worship I could have been doing. I still did it, just didn't have the beautiful melody to go with it. Anyway, where am I going? Formula. Formula. We'll get there. These are important because you see people where they're at, but you don't know what they went through to get where they're at. And the sacrifice and the obedience and the doing without just so that we could be your pastors and stand before you fine folks today and see how God through the years has provided and blessed and taken care of. 
So he said he was going to marry, you know, be in the ministry, all this stuff. And I hadn't heard him preach not one time. So he strapes me all over the nation. <laughs> well, we didn't have any money to buy formula. Poor, pitiful me. But I didn't tell anybody. I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. And God delivered me out of my trouble. Amen. Because the next day, there was bags of groceries on my steps. See, many people are too prideful, and I don't want God to have to bring bags of groceries. Well, there's some things you'll never learn. But I won't go there today. If you've always been able to take care of yourself, come on. Better ask, are you in faith? No, I took care of me. I had a good job. I, uh, I put food on my table. You better be honoring God with the food that's on your table. Because it could be gone real quick. But that's another story. So, he delivered me. So, faith believes what and who God is in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of the situations. This is how we activate our faith in God. And we learn to trust him. It says in Daniel eleven thirty two. I was meditating on them. Them that know their God, come on, will be strong and do great exploits. We are expected to be strong and do great exploits for the kingdom of God. But we're only going to do it if we know him. And there is times in your life that he's trying to teach you who he is. Come on. And you sure won't know him if you're not meditating in the word day and night. Because somebody will be able to tell you that's not who God really is. You think you can have the God kind of faith? People said that to me before. Well, back then... It challenged my faith. But I decided I'm going to believe God rather than man. Because he said, come on, that he is God and that he cannot lie or change. He can't lie or can he change. Amen. So what he said in his word is exactly what he expects us to live by. Another characteristic of keeping our faith active is we have to be people that know how to hold fast in the midst of difficult situations. Too many people are abandoning their faith. Seeing it. Seeing it. I mean, people that you never would have thought they were so on fire, so lived for the Lord, had the rich word of God within their life, and they're abandoning God, they're abandoning their faith, they're abandoning their family, they're abandoning, come on. They're abandoning because they've not kept their faith activated and not kept it alive. And they're abandoning. They're not holding fast in difficult situations because everybody expects today to get a trophy just for participating in the kingdom of God. Rewards, crowns, and trophies don't come from the king unless your faith is actually producing and reaping. Come on. And active. He don't just hand out rewards. No, we have to hold fast to our confession without wavering. So that means if he's telling us we have to hold on to the confession of our faith or profession of our faith, then we are going to go through some situations that are going to be, come on, shaky, that are trying to sling you off of what you believe. And uh, I love years ago when we sat up underneath Pastor Hagen and went to, to church there. I'll never forget him talking about faith and the God kind of faith. It is like when he talked about this, holding fast your confession, he used the example of a pit bull jumping on a rope and not getting off. Not being able to get them off unless you beat them off with a stick. Can someone beat you off of what you believe? 
Is your faith that firm? You hold on. No, how, no matter how bad you think you're being beat up by the devil, you hold on to the confession that my God shall deliver me out of this trouble. My God will provide everything I need in this situation. Come on. My God will be my healer. He will be my deliverer. He will be my victor because nothing's going to get me off of what I believe. Nothing's going to get me off of my confession of who God is. Is he alive to you? Right? So he says you have to hold on. Hallelujah. You have to hold fast. There's going to be some things that are going to try to shake you off. You better hold on for dear life. You know when you're riding those roller coasters? Which when I was young I could do that, but not now. You are riding those roller coasters. I don't know about you, but I'm holding on for dear life. I don't want to fly out. And it gives just a little bit sometimes. And I'm thinking, I could fly out of here. Hanging upside down, I could drop out. Right? I'm holding on for dear life. Like I, my life depended on it. Are you holding on to your faith? Like your life depends upon it? Your family depends upon it? Your children depend upon you holding on to your faith in the midst of situations that you're going to speak the word only? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we have to only got the three for you guys. (laughs) Three characteristics. You'll just have to get the Paul Harvey one day. The rest of the story, right? Y'all know Paul Harvey? See? Man. So, you know what pastor and I are called? Our generation. Our generation is called the, um, the Bridgers. I believe we are purposed for the kingdom of God for such a time as this because we are to bridge the old generation to the new millennial generation. We're the bridgers. So, I know some things. I know how it used to be and what we're living in today. And I'm going to tell you it's different. And if we don't have strong, active faith, we're going to get whipped. All along saying, when I die, I go to heaven. In the sweet by and by, it'll all be better. You know, he wants us to rule and reign in this life. He wants us to rule and reign in this life. And the only way we're going to do that is if we keep our faith alive and activated. Many people I know, even in the Rama camp and the faith camps, they're pulling away from the solid teaching of the Word of God, from the faith of God. They're being talked out of it. Not me. So we have to have faith that endures through every generation. Faith that endures through every season, no matter when it's popular, when it's not popular, holiness will always be. I was a sinner going straight to hell, living a life full of sin, but God delivered me. How can I ever say that I could go back and do the things I was doing and that because I'm under grace, it's okay? May it never be. No, he's a holy God. Holy God. And will purge you and sanctify you with his word, if you allow him. So we have to be people that have faith that endures. And faith that endures, that means we will be able to go through some things. Come on. What does enduring mean? It's the power of enduring through a difficult situation or the capacity of something that is able to last and withstand. Are you one that will last and withstand through difficult situations? You have to know how to endure through those things. 
Most people are not letting endurance have its perfect work, which is one scripture. I can't find that right now. They're not letting their endurance have a perfect work because it's hard. But the only reason it's hard is because most of the time their spirit's weak. That's in James 1, 2 about endurance having its perfect work. Their spirit's really weak because he said, you take my yoke and it will be what? Light and easy. That's when your spirit's strong. Amen. And so there's an enduring that we have to go through to keep our faith active through the process. And most people are not go wanting to go through the endurance because they just want to say they participated. And so the completeness of their faith is not going to produce because they they'll come up to the same challenge every year. They'll go around the same cycle every year. They'll hit the same what? Mountain every year. Because really the thing that God wanted to do in you that you chose not to endure through, you're going to be right back in the same spot next year. Because it didn't have its perfect work. Let's read that and we'll close. There's so much more. James 1, 2, and 8. Consider it all joy, my brethren. Do we, jo do we consider it joy? Are we joyful? Do we laugh when we're going through problems or do we cry like a baby? Well, there should be all. We should be laughing. We should be crying. We should be persevering. We should be enduring through it all. Amen. Knowing God is not... God has not eliminated our feelings. He knows. He said he took on our feelings, our infirmities. Come on. So that when we are weak, come on, we be made strong through him. So he knows there's things you go through that you have to endure. You're not always going to have joy in the midst of it, but it better be your outcome. Come on, what does he say? Weeping may last, but what comes in? Weeping may last for a moment. You may have a moment of some tears through your process, but joy better be coming in the morning. And you're the only one that can activate that joy. It ought to be coming in the morning. Just for a moment, I may weep. Man, God, you see what's happening. But my God, but my God is faithful. Amen. So it says, when you enter these various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, your faith will be tested. Do you believe the word that you're hearing? And it's going to be tested. Do you believe it? It says, testing of your faith, what produces endurance? And let endurance have its perfect work. And as a result, so that you may be perfect, mature, complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. So if we allow him during the situation, keep our faith activated, keep our faith in a position that we're going to endure through this no matter how long it takes. What about uh, Noah when he was building the ark? He had to endure, didn't he? God said it. He acted upon it. And then what happened? People laughed at him. Oh, you're going to buy that mall? People saying stuff in the paper. Come on, we read it. Who's that church think they are going to buy them all? Why does the church need them all? Well, they have no vision of what the kingdom of God is about. Amen. Noah, you're crazy. It's never rained. What do you think you're building? You're building a what? A boat. We've never seen a boat before in our life. Oh, that's what a boat looks like. Well, they may have because they had to get from sea to sea. So they may have had a little canoe or something. I don't know. Anyway... So, 
He had to endure through the years of the process of building, building a bridge for another generation by faith takes endurance takes people by faith to contend, takes people by faith to uh, fight the good fight of faith. Come on, these are some things of the characteristics of faith. Faith contends, faith endures, faith fights, faith don't give up, it don't quit. Come on. These are the characteristics of the Bible faith that we see. Faith is firmly persuaded Faith continues in the commitment. Pastor Marcus, you can come. Faith considers, active faith considers him faithful. Amen. That my God will not fail no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the situation I'm in. I can outlast, endure. Come on, I can fight the good. Are you contending for the faith? Are you contending for your family? Are you contending? Are you just being lackadaisical with the seed that was given you? Are you keeping it alive? Are you keeping it stirred up? Right? We have a responsibility. And we will surely stand before him whether or not our faith pleased him or not.